Welcome to Steps Forward with Ricky, a weekly walking podcast designed to help you take steps forward in your life and your day. Happy Monday. New day, new week, fresh start. Hopefully you're walking as you're listening to this. I'm probably going to always say that in the beginning because that's what I always want you to be doing. It's okay if you don't have time to listen to the whole episode in one walk. You can listen to bits and pieces of it, but I really want you to be moving your body. So that's that. Secondly, this is episode seventh. I was seventh or seven? Seven? (laughs) I was just singing a song to my producer. Seventh heaven. Seventh heaven. (laughs) When I see your look on your face. I don't even know if those are the words, but if you know seventh heaven, then you might be laughing a little bit or giggling a little bit. (sighs) Anyways, enough of that. Episode seven, super excited to be here. I'm always excited to be here. If you're new here, we are seven episodes in. You should probably check out the first six. If you've been with me since episode one, I'm super excited and I love you. And I honestly feel like we're friends. I might not know who you are and where you're listening to this or when you're listening to this, but when I speak to you, I hope you know that I'm speaking to you. And when you're taking these walks, I'm taking them with you. And that's the kind of community kind of podcast that I'm creating here. It's not a, my life is perfect podcast. And let me tell you all the glorious things of my life. Like, let's be serious. If you haven't (laughs) tuned in yet, this is a come with me, walk with me, come through the journey with me, let's go through it together type of podcast. So that's where we're at. Episode seven today is going to be about relationships. Ultimately, the relationship that we have with ourselves. but I'm going to tell you a story about a relationship that I was in. And I was laughing earlier because I was thinking like all these stories that I tell you, I'm just like, wow, I've had like a really fucked up life or I've done some really crazy things, but they make for great podcast stories. So never underestimate the things that you go through. One day you can tell them on a podcast. It was 2018. I was living in Colorado at the time and nope, just kidding. I'm sorry. It was 2016. I was living in Colorado at the time. I always get the dates wrong with that. And I just moved there like six months prior I loved Colorado. I moved out there with my dog, Logan, and I just always always wanted to live there. There was no connection in terms of family out there or job out there. I was life coaching with my company, Break the Weight. So it was really just a place that I always wanted to live. And I felt like something was missing in my life in Michigan. And some of me still does. That's a whole other episode. So I moved out to Colorado about six months after moving out to Colorado. You know, my life was pretty good and my business, my coaching business was thriving and I was feeling good, but there were parts of me that were feeling empty and just lonely, like we all do and we all go through in our lives. And when you feel lonely or when you feel less than or when you feel bored or when you feel not so worthy, you attract certain things into your life, right? And so, you know, the law of attraction, the law of attraction is real. It's a real thing. And the energy you put out there is the energy that you get back. And I'm not saying that you have to be positive all the time, like who the hell has time for that? But what I'm saying is that when you make the right choices or when you feel certain beliefs, inner beliefs about yourself, you attract certain things into your life. When you have negative beliefs or when you have negative energy, you attract certain things into your life. 
Maybe you can relate to that. If you're on your walk right now, maybe you can recall a situation in your life where you're like, yeah, I put that energy out there or yeah, I stayed in that job or that relationship because of how I felt internally. His name was Max. Well, his name is Max. I don't know where the hell he is now, but that's his name. And I met him on Tinder. (laughs) That was the first and the last time that I ever went on Tinder. And it might be the first and the last time you ever go on Tinder after hearing this as well. I swiped right and this cute boy, Max, showed up and he looked normal. You know, not everyone on Tinder looks normal, but he like looked normal. So I'm like, all right, cool. You know, I've been here for six, seven months. I'm like feeling okay about myself, a little lonely, but I got to go and start going on dates. And I was going to Cabo the next day with my family. So it was like uh, December break. So I like to give all the dates. And I met him at a bar and he was cute. He was short, but he was cute. And he looked like my type. He just like looked normal. And like everyone in Colorado was just like, I felt like at that point was like either high or like didn't have a job. And so it was nice to meet someone that like looked normal and just felt like we were from the same world, whatever that means. So we met, we had a drink and we headed off. And I liked him and I was like, oh, Max is cute. Max is cool. He's half Jewish. I'm Jewish. Not that that's like the biggest deal, but I liked it. It wasn't a you know, it wasn't a negative thing for me. And I'm like, oh, he's super cute. We had a really great night and he slept over and everything was normal. And he was like, I want to drive you to the airport in the morning. And I was like, okay. And I had a feeling. Now let's stop for a second. Have you ever had a feeling? You can't explain it. It just feels weird. It was like a pause and it was so fast. And I was like, oh, And then I was like, oh, no, that's nice. He wants to drive me to the airport in the morning. That's really sweet. But let's not forget the pause I had. You know what they call that? Intuition. A gut feeling. It was a nice thing that he wanted to do. And we had a really great night, a time the night before. But I just, I don't know. When he said I wanted to drive to the airport, I felt like it was a lot. So he drove me to the airport. And then we talked when I was in Cabo a little bit. And then he wanted to pick me up from the airport. And I had another pause and it was really sweet. And I think it had the story panned out how I wanted to, it would have been a beautiful story, but it didn't. So there you go. There's that pause. Don't ignore that pause. It's there for a reason. Pause when you have the pause. Picked me up from the airport and we spent the first month kind of like falling in love. We had a lot of fun together and we would go out and he would sleep over and he lived in Boulder at the time. I lived in Denver. So we'd go back and forth and he was from Boulder. So it was so great to be with someone from Boulder because he would take me around and show me this and show me that. Everything was great the first month. Although there was something kind of weird. He didn't have a job. And when he would tell me about why he didn't have a job, he would be like, I'm just like in between jobs right now. Here's where I used to work. Here's what I used to do, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, he seems normal. What the hell do I know, right? And that's the other thing. Like sometimes you meet people and someone knows someone who knows someone. I I honestly met this person and I was the only person in my world that knew him. So I had to really make decisions based off of what I was looking at, which was really refreshing. But also you just don't know as much, right? So everything's fine the first month and then it's month two and he still doesn't have a job. And I'm like, this is kind of weird. Like I I come from a family, you know, having a job and having success and making money. Like that's important to me as a person. And especially if I'm in a relationship 
And I remember I sat him down and I was like, hey, you know, we've been doing this for like a month and things have been really great, but like, why don't you have a job? Like, what's the deal here? And he was like, well, I gotta tell you something. And I was like, what? He's like, you know, I've just, I, I went through this like really crazy breakup recently, like six months ago, this girl that I was dating, she was a nutcase, blah, blah, blah. And I needed to take some time to myself. And I'm like, that doesn't explain why you don't have a job. Like you can take time to yourself and make money. Like they're, they're super, to me, they can, they don't have to be so connected. And he's like, I'm getting a job in the middle of applying for a job. And I'm like, okay. And meanwhile, in the midst of all this, I had a co-working space that I went to every single day to run my life coaching business, break the weight. And I had like 12 different clients. And every single day he would convince me to work from home or to work from a coffee shop. And at first it was super fun because when you're falling in love and you're on a high and you got this dopamine rush, you're like, yeah, this is amazing. I can work from anywhere. Like who cares? But the problem was that I was working and he wasn't. And I was like, hmm. So that's when I was like, ooh, where the hell, like what, what's going on here? Like, why don't you have a job? So six weeks into our relationship, things are going well, although he he is slowly isolating me from like my normal life, which is seeing some of my friends, you know, taking some of my walks and going to my co-working space. But I was fine with it, right? Because when you're falling in love, you're falling in love and sometimes you're falling, you don't even realize it. And then I got home one day. This is so, you guys, this is so crazy. I get home one day. And he's like, I have to talk to you. This is seven weeks in. My family sort of knew about him, but I was like a little skeptical to tell them about him. And I don't know why. Again, I think it was that pause. There was like a little bit of a feeling in me. Like, I don't know that I can tell my parents about this person yet. Like he doesn't have a job. It's been like seven weeks. Um, my dad, I remember him calling me being like, you know, why do you only have like 10 clients? I thought you had 13 clients. So it was like my parents were kind of watching from afar. And I was in this this thing, seven weeks into this thing. And things were okay, but there were red flags. And you know, what do we do when we see red flags? We turn them green. So then he sits me down. He's like, I have to tell you something, Ricky. And I'm like, what? (laughs) I can't even. He's like, I've been charged um, with domestic abuse. I'm like, "Um, excuse me? And he's like, it's not true. I'm like, well, obviously, like, why that? What are you going to sit here and be like, it's true? Like, what do you mean? He's like, remember that crazy ex-girlfriend I told you about? And the reason I didn't have a job and I had to take some time to myself. Like, she's charging me with domestic abuse. My first thought is, I go back to the pause. I'm like, is that the pause I had? Like, was there something in me that knew something that I didn't even know yet? And he's like, but it's not true. And I'm like, okay, what, is, what do you mean it's not true? He's like, she's she's psycho. And here was the problem is that he had people advocating for him. Like he had a family friend that would advocate for him. So he should, a family friend, like a couple of days later was like, don't worry, it's not true. Like she's psycho, she's crazy. And I'm like, okay, she's psycho, she's crazy. Then get this. Three days after he tells me that he's charged with domestic abuse, my, me, I don't think too much about it because I'm very much convinced and my worth is probably at a four. I'm convinced that he's not lying to me, especially because he had people advocating for him. And I was like, oh shit, like this is crazy. I don't know. He seems normal, but there were like these red flags. Anyways, the next thing I know, he says that he has to go to jail. <laughs> I know. Have you like stopped walking? Did you trip over something yet? I'm like, why? He's like, because in the state of Colorado, if you get charged with domestic abuse, you have to turn yourself in no matter what. And I'm like, okay. So he was super open and honest with me, right? Like I'm thinking in my head, like if you're an abuser, like you're 
lying or I don't know, you're abusive to me. And you see red flags of someone being abusive or someone treating you like shit. But I didn't see those red flags. I saw red flags like he didn't have a job. He was charged with this thing. Now he has to go to jail. But like he was still treating me nicely. So it gets confusing, right? And so my worth was just like attached to the way that he was treating me, but not really realizing what was actually happening in the situation. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding? He's like, you have to take me. (laughs) I'm like, what? Okay, this is like two months into a relationship. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, I have to go to jail. I'm not allowed to drive anymore. And you have to take me. And it's on February 11th. February 11th is my birthday. (laughs) Okay. I'm like, excuse me. So he's like, you have to take me. I have to go. And this is like three weeks, I think, before February 11th. This is when shit started getting bad. First two months of our relationship were fine. They were normal. I had a few red flags, a few things that I was skeptical about. Then he tells me he was charged with domestic abuse. Then he tells me he has to go to jail. I have to take him on on my birthday. Happy birthday, Ricky. You got to take me to jail. So I'm like, shit. This feeling. I had this feeling. I cannot explain it. You know when you don't want to tell someone something like you don't want to have a conversation with your friends or your family or you're just like avoiding something when you're avoiding something I want you to lean into that a little more because whatever you're avoiding that's the thing that's the thing that's screaming at you and avoiding it doesn't make it go away doesn't make it any less real it just makes it there but like tucked in under things and eventually you'll get to it or eventually it will get to you So three weeks before he was supposed to go to jail, I still haven't told my family and friends about this yet. Like they know I'm in a relationship. They are like a little skeptical about it and I'm hiding from myself, from them. And I'm slowly becoming more isolated and more isolated and more isolated. And then things started to take a turn. We were in the park one day and this is the first time that he was ever mean to me. We were in the park one day And I drop something. I'm super clumsy. Like I break and drop everything. That's just, I don't know. That's just who I am, whatever. And he screamed at me in the park. He was like, you're so fucking stupid. It was like, in a lot of ways, I was taken back to my childhood. Um, I had a great childhood. Mm, I don't know if I had a great childhood. I had a good childhood. I have great parents. You know, my mom died that that obviously played a role into it. And my dad's really wonderful. But my dad used to be a little bit like that. Like he used to have a bad temper and swear at me. And so it was a trigger. I was like, excuse me? He's like, you're fucking stupid. Like you can't even keep shit in your hands. And this was a pattern that I've heard before. Like I've heard this from people in my life before. Like people have called me stupid. People have told me this before. So I believed that. So when I heard it, it wasn't like you're an asshole. I was like, oh, I am stupid. Like, duh, that's probably annoying for you, right? Like we justify it. It was like, yeah, I could see how that would be annoying. I could see how that would be stupid. So then three days after that, he was like, let's go to the mall. Just, he like loves shopping. I like, don't give a shit about shopping. He's like, let's go to the mall. I'm like, okay. I'm like, what are we going to the mall for? He's like, I want to buy you a new wardrobe. I'm like, what? I'm like, what's wrong with my wardrobe? He's like, what's, what's not wrong with it? This is also the first time I, I have, I've heard this before. Okay. And I'm like, okay. I'm like, well, that's sweet. I don't know. Let's go to the mall. We go to the mall. He picks out every single thing that he wants me to wear. Okay. Like things I would never wear, like leather jackets and like just the nicest pairs of pants and all this stuff. And I'm like, listen, Max, I don't really need that. He's like, no, you do. 
He's like, why do you want to lower your standards? I'm like, what? This was the first time he manipulated me. He's like, when you don't dress nice, you treat yourself like shit. Just like when you drop things, like you, you move too fast, like you're, it's destructive. I'm like, what? Like, where the fuck did you get that from? But I felt that in my heart, maybe you can relate to that. Like someone kind of calls you out on your shit or calls you out on the things that like you're not perfect at or the things that people have called you out and you believe them. So I'm like, okay, so it gets me a whole new wardrobe and I'm like super uncomfortable and I still can't tell my family that this person has screamed at me, that he's charged with domestic abuse, that he has to go to jail and that he has bought me a whole new wardrobe. So things got really, 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 really bad. He started swearing at me all the time, yelling at me all the time. He'd be like, you're stupid. Like you're, you don't even help your clients. Like no wonder your dad thinks you're dumb. Like no wonder break the weight's not successful yet. Like no wonder you don't have this or you don't have that. And I was just, honestly, I didn't even believe what he was saying, but I was so fucking scared of him. My first thought every time he would put me down was like, you are charged with domestic abuse. Like you're charged with domestic abuse. Well, I gotta fix my hair. Sorry, is that okay? I don't think you're allowed to do that during podcasts, but I had to fix my hair. Every time he put me down, I just thought to myself like, oh my God, is he gonna hurt me? Like he could hurt me emotionally, but like, is he gonna hurt me physically? And that was the first time that I questioned my judgment. And I was like, holy shit, this person is, this person is isolating me. Like the signs were all there. And you don't have to be emotionally or physically abused for the signs to be there, just so you know. So if you think about the relationships in your life, anyone is making you feel less than who you are or who you want to be. It doesn't need to be abuse for it to be wrong. So let's just very, very quickly, let's just start there. So I take him to jail (laughs) on my birthday. He goes to jail, whatever. After that, he's like, okay, so now I can apply for jobs. Like, obviously it's not true. It's not true. And I'm like, well, are you going to have like a trial, like a case? And he's like, they don't know yet because like, she's so crazy. Like she's so this, she's so that kind of the same way he made me feel you're so this, you're so that I'm like, okay. So then I'm like, this is not normal. I'm three months into the relationship and I'm like, no more clients for break the weight. And I'm wearing this whole new disgusting wardrobe and I'm being told that I'm stupid all the time, literally all the time. And it wasn't that I didn't want to leave. I just didn't know how to leave. And I also had nowhere to go. I had no family. I had no like good, good friends. I was only eight months into my Denver journey and I had my dog. And that was the most important thing to me. And my dog liked him, (laughs) which was like even more fucked up. My dog didn't like anybody and he loved Max. And I was like, what, what is happening here? Like I, I just listened to my dog's judgment and like he was said he liked him. So then I called my dad. I'll never forget. And this was like the middle of March after like a few months of being together. And I'm like, dad, I'm in a bad situation. I don't know what to do. I'm like, I'm in a relationship. He's like, I know you're in a relationship with the guy who's charged with domestic abuse. I'm like, what? He's like, I've already done research on him. He's like, I hired a lawyer. We've done research on him. We know exactly what's going on. We've been waiting for you to tell us. I'm like, what do I do? He's like, you end it. I'm like, okay. So I go to my apartment because he moved into my apartment. He moved his TV into my apartment. Okay. So when someone invades your space, that's a sign where it's not, it's not working for you. So I go into my apartment. It's just like the middle of March. I'm like, listen, Max, like I, I really like you, but it's not going to work for me anymore. Like I think that 
things in my life are falling apart and like, you're really not that nice to me. And it seems like you got some shit to work on. Meanwhile, this entire time, like I believe, I didn't know what I believed about the domestic abuse, but it was really like a mind fuck for me. And he started crying. Manipulative. He's like, why? Like, I'm changing. Like, I love you. I'm like, you don't love me. Like, you fucking hate me. Like, you want me to change in every aspect of my life. Like, you don't love me. That's not love. It's control. And he's like, no, I love you. Like, it's not true. I won't ever yell at you again. I won't do this. I won't do that. I'm like, I'm really sorry. Like, I'm done. I'm done. And my first, like, my first process, like, thought process was like, I don't know why, like, he was going to hurt my dog. I don't, I don't really know why. Like, I just, I thought he was capable of hurting my dog. I wasn't necessarily scared of him because he was, like, little and... She like I kick his ass, but I was like, okay, I need you to leave my apartment. So he leaves my apartment and I go to bed that night and at three in the morning, I hear a knock on my door, not a knock, a bang, open your fucking door. I'm going to knock your door down, open your door. You have my TV. You have this of mine. Open the fucking door, open the door, open the door, screaming, banging. Like I'm going to kill you. Open the door. And I'm like, oh my God, we got to get the fuck out of here. Logan, Logan, my dog. And I called my dad. I'm like, I don't know what to do. And he was like, you got to come to Arizona. That's where they were. They're, they lived there half the year. And I'm like, okay. So he booked, he booked me a flight at like 5 a.m. And I put my dog in daycare. And, and Max eventually stopped knocking on my door. So I like snuck out. And I got on the plane and took Logan to daycare. And I went to Arizona. This is where it gets really fucked up. Is that I felt bad. I literally felt guilty and bad. And that I was wrong. I mean, isn't that insane? I was in Arizona and I was still texting with him. Like I was so in it that I couldn't even see what was around me. I knew it was wrong. I knew he was abusive, but I was so in it and I was so disconnected from myself that I was texting with him. And my dad was like very adamant that he didn't want me going back to Colorado for a little bit. And I'm like, no, I have to go back. Like he's not taking Colorado away from me. Like I'm going back, I'm going back. So I go back to Colorado a week after and he, we had been texting throughout when I was in Arizona and then I got back and he literally showed up at my door again. Okay. Showed up at my door like three days later after silence, ignore, like leaving me alone. I was like, okay, maybe things have died down. And he's like, open the fucking door. And this time I was like scared. And my first thought was like, go home to Michigan. So I called the police and I was like, hey, there's this psychotic person outside of my door. He's charged with domestic abuse. And I need someone to like make sure that I can get into my car because I got into my car with Logan and I literally drove to Michigan. I drove to Michigan in a snowstorm. That's how fucking scared I was. I got into my car and I drove across the country because if I was anywhere near him, I was terrified. Long story short, it that was the end of the relationship and it did take like a very long time. And I went back to Michigan for like three weeks and I did eventually come back to Colorado because I did believe that I didn't, he didn't deserve to take that away from me. But the bigger problem with this is that I believed that he was okay. And I ignored the first pause. And because of the state that I was in, the lack of worth, and because he was reaching and he was pulling out my triggers, like telling me I was stupid, telling me I was clumsy, telling me I didn't dress nice, like all the things I've like kind of heard before. I believed that they were true. And this was a wake up call, not for don't get yourself in a bad relationship. This was a wake up call for like, get a fucking better relationship with yourself. Think about your life and the relationships you're in, intimate or not. Maybe it's with your boss. Maybe it's with an employee. 
Maybe it's with yourself. Is it serving you? Do they just call out the shit that already makes you feel like shit? Do they lift you up? Do they drag you down? Do they make, when you walk into the room with that person, are you energized or are you sad? Do you feel less than or do you feel equal? Because those are the pauses that I ignored. When I met him originally, I had a pause and I ignored it. And I ignored it for almost six months until I got so scared that it was screaming at me. And this is not just about relationships. This is about anything in your life that when you walk into a situation, if it takes away your energy, it's not right. If it makes you feel like shit, it's not right. And you don't have to settle for okay. You don't have to settle for the abuse. You don't have to settle for any of that. And I know that it's really scary to make a decision to leave or to, to quit your job or to put yourself in a better situation. But the worst thing that you can do is stay because you don't grow when you stay. You actually backtrack. But you grow when you leave. You grow when you go. And this was a turning point in my life because it was the first time in my life that I saw myself for exactly how I saw myself, which was not in a good light. And he mirrored back to me everything that I'd already thought about myself. That's what they do. And the guilt that I felt for him, the shame that I felt for him. But what about me? What about you? You don't have to feel guilty for quitting your job if you fucking hate your boss or they make you feel horrible. You don't have to feel guilty for leaving if it's not right relationship. You don't have to feel ashamed for staying and not knowing how to leave. You just have to figure out how to go. And if you can't figure that out on your own, don't do what I did and just turn the left, turn your left eye or turn your cheek or be too ashamed to talk about it. Talk about it, share it because you're not alone. And pay attention to the pauses and the energy because you can find a lot of answers in that. And I just wanted to share it to, to you to show you, A, like <laughs> you're not the only one. We all get in bad situations. You learn a lesson, you take a lesson from it. But the most important relationship you'll ever have is the one with yourself because it truly dictates everything else around you. The law of attraction is real. But if you don't like who you are, you're going to attract some shitty people in your life. And you're going to let them stay there because you don't know any different or because you're ashamed of making a different decision. It doesn't have to be horrible for you to leave. It could just be mediocre. I think that's a huge thing which is different than my situation was horrible, but it was still just kind of mediocre. Like even when it was great, it really wasn't that great. And I should have left then, but I was lonely. Loneliness will make you do a lot of crazy shit. So if you're in a situation right now with your job or with your life in a relationship that you're like, mm, this is not, it's not serving me, but I don't know, I'm lonely or I don't know, I'm, I'm scared. You can do this. You can take a step forward. You can tell somebody. You can leave. You can find a different job, a different relationship. You can work on the relationship with yourself because ultimately that's what the answer is. And it's not easy and it sucks sometimes, but it's a hell of a lot better than staying in one that just weighs on you, that hurts you, that manipulates you because you're worthy of love and greatness and you don't have to be anybody but yourself to achieve those things. So 
that's my story today. And the big lesson is to not be so ashamed of the situations that you're in and to tell somebody. Because if you can't convince, your, you know, if you, you can't always tell yourself, you got to be able to tell other people what's going on. I hope you enjoyed your walk. I hope you enjoyed this episode. DM me, tag me, leave me a review. And I will see you next Monday. Take a step forward. I hope you had a great walk.